0: This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings the world's greatest professors to your fingertips. With more than 500 courses on science, history, philosophy, fine arts, better living, and more, The Great Courses are available on digital download and streaming or DVD and CD. Best of all, you can listen to or watch The Great Courses at your own pace without the pressure of homework or exams. And now, for a limited time only... The Great Courses is giving our listeners an offer of up to 80% off the original price of selected courses, including the decisive battles of world history. For this limited time 80% offer, go to thegreatcourses.com slash WS to find out more. That's thegreatcourses.com slash WS. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Mr. and Mrs. North America and all the ships at sea. This is Philip Terzian, the literary editor of the Weekly Standard, and this is my weekly podcast on the books and arts section of the Weekly Standard. This week we're looking at the May 18th, 2015 issue, which is headed by a um, delightful piece by Joseph Bottom, my predecessor in this job, uh, who is reviewing... um, an important new book in the history of American music. It's entitled Love Songs, The Hidden History by Ted Joya from Oxford University Press. Ted Joya is a, uh, I would say, a preeminent um, writer on American popular music. He's the author of the definitive history of jazz and, and other volumes and an occasional contributor, I'm pleased to say these pages not too long ago. um, He wrote a uh, piece for our section on the 50th anniversary of the death of Charlie Parker, the great bebop tenor saxophonist. But this time he's talking about love songs, uh, their importance to um, music, to popular music, uh, and especially to jazz. And uh, it's it's um, it's a uh, fascinating and authoritative book, and uh, Jody Bottom, who is a um, music enthusiast, as many of us are, is very much an enthusiast about the book, and spins an interesting essay on what love songs mean, what they are, what they mean to music, what they mean to the human experience, uh, why we, in trying to express ourselves on the subject, often feel prompted. Uh, to resort to music, and how sometimes music, in that sense, is more eloquent on the subject than other forms. So um, uh, it's a, 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 what, what seems to me a, a, a potentially classic volume with a delightful essay um, about it, which is entitled I Got It Bad, based on the old Duke Ellington song, I Got It Bad and That Ain't Good. That is followed by an almost complete um, change of tone um, Edward Short who frequently writes for us um, has written a very interesting essay um, on a book um, by an author named Paul Shrimpton and the, the title of the book is The Making of Men The Idea and Reality in Newman's University in Oxford and Dublin uh, intellectually this is some distance from uh, Ted Joya's book on, on love songs in American popular music but it's an interesting piece for two reasons one is that uh, Cardinal Newman, the great uh, Anglican turned Catholic theologian, um, who has um, um, become uh, had a kind of um, second spring in his fame and notoriety and influence in our time, is best known, of course, for his his voluminous writings on on uh, theology, on religion, on religious faith. And other things. But one aspect of his career that is not as well known or um, fully appreciated is that he also wrote extensively on the subject of education. His 1873 volume, The Idea of a University, is still um, a kind of standard text in the philosophy of education. But, in fact, he uh, was instrumental in the um, uh, founding and laying down the intellectual and literal foundations of a Catholic university in Dublin in the late eighteenth century, 19th century, which w- was an institution designed, in effect, to put into practice Newman's um, ideas on education. And with, uh, to make a long story short, the university was basically a failure, and not because of Newman's ideas so much, but just oftentimes uh, projects like that just don't, don't happen the way they should and don't turn out as they should. And Newman was a, a very gifted man, but perhaps the, the most gifted um, administrator in the history of the world. So it didn't work out and has often been uh, cited as a a kind of illustration of Newman's otherworldliness about things in general. But things go more deeply than that. And in fact, Newman's views on education, um, which were uh, revolutionary, one might say, in the 19th century, strike the modern reader as as very interesting and commonsensical and address problems that we deal with uh, even today in uh, higher education. So I uh, strongly commend you, Edward Sh- uh, Short's piece on on this study of Cardinal Newman. That is followed by a a uh, review uh, of a, a delightful book entitled Your Rugged Constitution by Bruce Finley and Esther Blair Finley, which has just been reprinted by Stanford University Press after the passage of sixty-five years. It was, it's a wonderful um, sort of optimistic, um, light-hearted. Uh, immediate post-war account of the United States Constitution um, by a husband and wife team um, who tried to show um, the Constitution as a uh, a historical um, uh, but living document. So it's full of interesting illustrations, uh, full of literal illustrations, one of which I've reprinted in in the review. Uh, it's an interesting view. I mean, it, first of all, it's, it, it one appreciates the Constitution yet again in reading reading this this uh, book and this piece. Um, but it also shows um, uh, it's it's it it's a it's a delightful version of the Constitution, and of course, a very interesting way to understand our our governing document and our founding document and the principles behind it. It's all in simple, approachable language, but. Um, no less true for that. And Tara Helfman, who um, teaches law at Syracuse University, has written a very amusing and, and informative essay about the book, which um, dated as it may be, and she illustrates some of the insta- instances where uh, examples are... are uh, we would probably use different examples nowadays for certain elements of the Constitution... Um, but just, uh, she makes the case that, that your understanding and appreciation of the Constitution can only be refreshed by this delightful echo of our very recent past Anne Marlowe, Marlow um, who, a uh, writer in New York, who writes occasionally for for us and, and on a variety of subjects has done a um, very interesting piece on a book entitled King John and the Road to Magna Carta by Stephen Church from basic books this year um is the um i guess it's the 900th anniversary of the magna carta um a fascinating uh, document which is to some degree uh, misunderstood in this country we tend to think of it as a kind of precursor to our own uh declaration and our own constitution and in fact of course it's a it's a very british document in that it enumerates the the um the rights and privileges of the aristocracy, the barons of England, uh, in opposition to the monarch, um, so it 's obviously it 's a kind of first step toward um, political and constitutional independence of a monarch in in English history, not quite the same thing as enshrining uh, power in in uh, the citizenry and so on, as our constitution does, but obviously a a baby step toward the constitutional democracy of present-day England and from which we have benefited. Um, But the book and Anne Marlowe's essay puts this in the larger context of King John's uh, whole reign, um, who was uh, the last of the Angevin kings, Uh, really was ruled um, within a, a century, century and a quarter of the Norman conquest, basically a Frenchman who was administering Um, uh, his kingdom in England. But King John is often, because of Magna Carta, is often regarded as a um, a, a, a disastrous monarch um, who the barons had to restrain. And in fact, the story is more complex and therefore more interesting uh, than all that. Um, And this is um, well expressed in Anne's fine piece. That is followed by an essay by Graham Hillard, um, on, it's a, not a book review, but it's an interesting piece about Tobias Wolfe, the American short story writer and novelist, um, and uh, Mr. Hillard's uh, uh, small adventure in tracking down a copy of Tobias Wolfe's uh, first uh, novel, which was published in the mid 1970s um, entitled Ugly Rumors. Tobias Wolff is is today kind of semi-retired as a novelist, but a very much honored and admired writer, and for whatever reason, um, he's always kept the existence of Ugly Rumors um, uh, a bit under wraps, and Graham Hillard finally makes it to the Library of Congress here in Washington and tracks down a rare copy which um, makes clear to him and to us why Tobias Wolff. Uh, doesn't list ugly rumors among his um, his proudest achievements. So it's a it's a kind of a funny piece, which I I hope you'll enjoy. Two further pieces. One is a review by Colin Fleming of a new uh, recording of Robert Schumann's sole violin concerto. Um, Schumann, of course, was suffered from severe mental illness in his um, in his adulthood, and and when he finished the only violin concerto he ever wrote. Um, it was consigned to a kind of oblivion based on the fact that it was put in the custody of people who thought it should be kept from the public for indefinitely, which it was for many decades and really was only um, only uh, premiered, only played publicly as recently as 1933. Um, but it's a great um, piece of music and an interesting piece by Colin Fleming about this particular recording Um, from Isabel Faust on the violin um, with the Freiburg Baroque Orchestra. Um, John Podhoretz's movie review this week is of Avengers Age of Ultron, and um, I, alas, um, am not a... uh, I'm not the least bit conversant with the Avengers uh, series, but I can assure you that everything you need to know about um, uh, this series and this particular film is explained and elucidated in John's uh, characteristically trenchant and highly amusing style. So that is the Books and Arts section for May 18th. I thank you very much for taking this time out to allow me to tell you about it, and I look forward to telling you about next week's section.